You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Yeah, the message is just get better. Don't look for excuses. Look for ways to get better and uh, stick together as a team, and let's just keep growing and push forward. We had a great week of practice, but that guarantees you nothing. You got to come out here and prove it every Sunday, and we fell short this week. I fell short myself, so a lot to learn from and a lot to grow from. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. Robert Spillane bringing us in right there, talking about, you know, keep moving forward, stick together. Great week of practice did not turn into what the results they were looking for on Sunday versus Buffalo, but the season is young. Got to keep fighting, got to keep striking, got to keep doing what you got to do to get better and better and better. And that's all that they can do as they have 15 more games guaranteed left to play. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920, brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas, my friends Mordecai and them and company. We'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. We're going to hear from you at 702-365-9200. The don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I see you, Raider X. We got you on the way. But before we get into any of that, though, I do want to hear from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. He met with the media earlier today, uh, talked a little bit about the Bills' loss, and also look forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I want to do a little bit of that uh, right here, and then, like I said, we'll get to Raider X in a hot minute. But off top, Coach Lombardi was talking about really the first drive of the game versus Buffalo and the rest of the game versus Buffalo. We did a good job, first of all, taking care of the football on the first drive, which helped. Um, and then the next couple of drives, we just, you know, commit penalties or, or turn the football over and get negative plays. Um, and that just isn't going to sustain drives. Missed opportunities in the passing game or running game. We took advantage of the opportunities early on the drive with a screen to Devontae, you know, with screen to Josh. Um, and then you get some chunks. Um, and then it comes into, you know, getting a negative play in the running game and then miss an opportunity in the passing game. That presents problems in terms of sustaining drives and scoring points. So I think overall we have to do a better job of just making sure we have positive plays and taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. You know, and it was a tale of two different worlds, right? I mean, the first drive, fantastic. Five plays, touchdown, boom. Then the rest of the game, you're wondering, what in the hell? And, you know, honestly, they had an opportunity, you know, to go up and, and score more points on that second drive after the defense did their job, had a three and out, got the ball back to the silver and black, but the the interception really, I feel like, really caused that snowball effect for the, the Raiders uh, in general and just kind of – it got out of, out of hand quick, fast, and in a hurry. Here's Coach Lombardi talking about not having Jacoby Myers out there who obviously was Jimmy G's go-to guy in week one versus Denver. Jacoby had a great first game, and he's a really dependable player like we talked about last week. Um, but overall, I thought those other guys stepped in really well, Christian, Trey, um, and the tight ends. And overall, Devontae and Hunter, you know, they, they stepped in a, you know, and played some different roles that we didn't anticipate them playing um, the first week of the season just because they had to. And I was very pleased with the way they handled it. Obviously, some things that we had to clean up um, moving forward with those guys. And the same thing goes for when Jacoby plays. He has a lot of stuff to clean up, too when he plays in a game. So um, obviously Jacoby's a very good player and we love to have him on the field, but um, I thought those guys in the skill position stepped up pretty well and took advantage of their opportunities when we had them out there on Sunday. 
you know what stood out to me on that is when he was naming these guys and it was like he was slow slow playing it and it took a while and I kept thinking like man is he gonna say Hunter I didn't think he was gonna say Devontae because Devontae kind of goes without saying right but when he was naming these guys you know he's talking about Christian and tight ends and I was like okay where's Hunter and then finally he mentioned Hunter and to me again that's the big unknown that's the big question mark what's the plan with Hunter how are they gonna start using him and getting him incorporated in the offense because we all know any swing and D that's watched the Raiders knows that Hunter Renfro is a playmaker. I don't care how you get him the ball. I'm not saying you got to force feed him. Hell, the, one of the biggest themes I had for Hunter Renfro when he was drafted by the Silver and Black was because I saw him at Clemson. It's not really about the quantity of passes and, and targets he gets. It'll be the quality, the third downs, the red zones, the times that you need to extend drives. That's when Hunter Renfro really comes through clutch, and they haven't been able to get him going in that area since, well, this new staff has taken over. Uh, last year it was due to Hunt, Hunter. He wasn't available due to injury. This year it's just so far through two games, just hasn't had the targets. Somehow that's got to change. So here's Coach Lombardi talking about exactly what I just said, the importance of getting Hunter Renfro more involved. I think just overall, in terms of the passing game, we have to obviously stay on the field a little bit more on third down and sustain drives and present more opportunities on drives moving forward. So if the coverage can dictate one thing and the ball goes to a certain player, you know, and or we misread something at quarterback or we miss a blitz pickup. All those factor into the passing game, you know. Um, so over two games, it is what it is. We're gonna, we always look to get everybody involved. Hunter was a big part of the game plan in week one and week two, and, he, and every player in the skill position will be in week three. So um, he's not deterred. We're not deterred. Um, we're just going to go out there and keep, keep going and, and try and get some production. And it really, at the end of the day, we care about team production, not individual production. So um, if we're seven of eight on third down and he doesn't have a target or Devontae doesn't have a target, they'd much rather win the game than – you know, get the individual production. But you're right, we have to do a better job of sustaining drives and getting more plays in games. Therefore, more targets and more opportunities come up um, throughout the game. Again, not talking about force-feeding the ball to Hunter. Not saying that he's got to be target number one. Hell, he ain't got to be target number two. But he's got to be in the pecking order somewhere, right? Again, uh, anyone can see that Hunter is a valuable player. And there was times, give the Bills defense credit, there was times on Sunday he was not open. But there was other times he was. And Jimmy's got to be able to get through that progression and, and locate Hunter. And just like he did late in the game, under four minutes left, he hit him for a nice 23-yard uh, reception. There was opportunities in the game where they could have done that as well. So, again, I'm not trying to say you got to stack the stat sheet with Hunter Renfro targets, right? That's not, that's not the goal at all, and I don't think Hunter would look for that. But it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If for no other reason, economic sense, to have one target through two games. That just, to me, uh, it, it's, it's not a very good way of using a guy who could be used as a playmaker. Speaking of playmakers, we saw a little glimpse of Trey Tucker. Uh, Jimmy G took a deep shot to him. The ball went out of bounds. He wasn't able to come up with it uh, cleanly and, and stay in bounds. And it was called a P.I. at first, and then it was picked up, which I thought was complete B.S., but that's me. Uh, but we did see the, the jet sweep that worked, as Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, a jet sweep that worked because everybody was focused in on Josh Jacobs. So here's Coach Lombardi talking about Trey Tucker and his explosive play versus the Bills. You're really happy for that young man, you know, going out there and um, playing, executing his job and playing fast and playing free. You know, any young receiver or any young player in general, you know, um, can kind of have some trouble in terms of just at, playing at his level of speed you see in practice because he gets in the game and things are moving different and stuff. And I was really proud of the way he performed in terms of just going out there and doing his job and doing his job fast and not worrying about anything else and just playing his game. That was really what I was most excited to see from him. And he made a great catch on the sideline. 
um, was called a penalty, then obviously picked up. But he did a great job of going up and getting it and just playing fast. And you saw his speed in the speed sweep, and you know, we got in the ball in space, and he did something with it, which I was really happy with, and I think the whole unit was. Excited to see him kind of, you know, you guys saw him play in the preseason and make some plays. Um, so it was really nice to see him play in the, you know, this past game and get some production. Um, that young man works really hard. Um, it's fit right in, fit right into the receiver room with Jacoby and Devontae and those guys who, who are grinders and really master their craft. So he fits in very well, and, you know, he's grown every week he's been here, which I, we've been very pleased with, and hopefully he'll continue to do that moving forward. Coach Lombardi right there talking about Trey Tucker, the rookie, and I'm excited about the potential on Trey Tucker. He's got speed, and he's going to work his tail off. That's the one thing I can say from training camp and preseason. You saw him work, 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 and keep on working. I mean, he literally, you want to talk about a grinder. He was out there grinding, trying to get after it, and he made some good plays during training camp. And I know training camp is different than the regular season, but he's earning the opportunities to be out there. And, you know, if, if they could find a way to use his speed more, you know, more times than, you know, once or twice a game, I think that's a hell of an element that could be added to this team that really the Raiders don't have. DeAndre Carter is a speedster as well, but I would love to see the youngster Trey Tucker get more and more involved. I know uh, Trey Tucker is a is, is a favorite of Lindsey Brown from the morning tailgate. She talks about him all the time. So uh, if there's going to be one person that's going to cheerlead for Trey Tucker, it'll be Lindsey. Uh, you can hear her on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go out to the phone lines. So let's talk to our guy, my brother, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, so you kind of, you know, great uh, great intro on that, uh, talking about opening the box and changing some things. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about because um, I really think it's, it's, it's more about the coaching on um, both sides of the ball right now, and I really don't want to see this team because it seems like they're taking on the personality of the coach. It seems like, uh, you know, getting the, being very um, systematic, and I mean that in, a, in a, not a predictable way, but everything seems to be in a certain type of fashion and system where everything has, has its place. And what I want to talk about is kind of really opening the book and really mixing it up. And there's three elements to that. And I think that it's first it's awareness and then overall creativity and then the discipline. Uh, what I mean by that is just overall being aware of the situation for offense. Because it seems right now, like, like you're talking about Trey Tucker, we're seeing a lot of throws, like even to Devontae, where I think either Garoppolo needs to let that ball go earlier or put a little something more on it. You see too many times that the players are have to stop and come back to the ball or that ball is really met in some in some traffic, what they call those hospital balls, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of kind of scary. But, you know, also on the defense, you know, mix it up a little bit, you know, and, and you know, put some speed in there. I, I hate to see four or four of the six players that are being inactive for the game being on defense. You know, why don't we put some speed in that middle? Because that's what we really need. We need some, you know, some dogs to fly fly in the middle. And I, isn't that why we kept Nesta Jade? Yeah, you know, get some speed in there, and you know he's a short, stout guy, kind of like what you know what uh, Lincoln Lincoln talked about. He can get under the chin and and bring it because he's got speed. Guy, I think what he tracks is a I think he's a, a, a five flat at the at the draft. You know, so I mean this guy can move for a big dude. He's over three hundred. You know, I mean let, let's let's put another kind of bring me back to the days of Jerry Ball. Huh, you know, I mean, nice. <laughs> you know, let's go back in the days. You know, and that's what he brought. You know, he clogged up the middle, brought a little bit of speed up the uh, up the gut. And then maybe the guys will start flying on the, on the corners. But, you know, going back again to the, to the awareness, you know, being aware of the changing of the schemes, what the defense is doing to slow down your game, what the, you know, what the offense is, is, is taking or how to slow down the game on the, on, on, the, on the opponent's offense and vice versa, you know, and, 
and, and throw some creativity. I like the jet sweep. I like the little, you know, the flea flicker, you know, and, and then the discipline to have the guys stay with the game, run the game, stay in the lanes, own your man, own your, own your, own your, own your, own your lanes, and also trust your brother. You know, I, I, sometimes you still still see guys peeking over their shoulder because they don't have the faith that the guy's going to sit there when they hand off a player, you know, on the corner or so forth, that the other guy's going to do their job. And I, 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 that's what I'm kind of seeing on the back end of the secondary. And that, that's really what I have, my brother. Hey, great breakdown, man. It's always good to hear from you. That's Raider X right there. And, yeah, I mean, they got to figure out something. You know, Nesta J. Silvera, he's been inactive for the first two games of the season. I think the one thing that they want to try to do, though, just to keep it a buck with you, everybody, is I think that they want to try to bring some of these rookies along slowly, though. I don't think that they want to rely on so many young dudes out there. Now, maybe at some point they have to, but they brought Bilal Nichols in as a as a free agent. They gave him a nice little a nice little uh, you know paycheck to go and be that dude. They brought Jerry Tillery back to be that dude. Now, he's been versatile and can play in multiple different positions. So, you know, I think that they want to give these guys an opportunity to go ahead and thrive as well. Uh, but Nesta J did show something in the preseason, similar to other guys. You know, similar to Trey Tucker showed something in the preseason. Ja'Korian Bennett, you know, guys like that. So, not all these rookies, like Chris Smith, not all these rookies are going to be out there immediately. But I do think that at some point you're going to start to see them you know, bring in and hustle in a few other players if some of the guys ahead of them aren't getting it done. But thank you so much for that call. Really good breakdown, as I mentioned. Raider X, it's good to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to H-Town. Not John McClain, but Nash. Nash and H-Town, welcome to the show. Yeah, golly, don't compare me to him, man. He's, he is the uh, he is the, uh, the GOAT, no doubt about it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, like what Dennis Green said, I mean, we are who, who we thought we were. You know, and the reality of it is we're not a top-five team in the AFC, and teams with elite quarterbacks are going to give us trouble. I mean, Kansas City's going to give us trouble. Buffalo's going to give us trouble. If two is healthy, Miami will give us trouble. But we got to beat the teams like Chicago. we got to beat the teams like Pittsburgh. And what I want to see us do, again, I think Lincoln did a great job, as you would expect, kind of just talking about it, is, again, going three wide and, and really doing quick passes, use the middle of the field, Use guys like Michael Mayer. I mean, I mean, you know, we got to do that on offense and in defense. I'd love to see us blitz more. Uh, I mean, uh, Deion Diablo looks like he's good on that. Hobbs is a good blitzer, and make a young quarterback uncomfortable. I mean, so these are the games you got to win. I mean, if we don't win these games, that's when you and JT are going to have to hand out juice boxes because everybody's <laughs> going to be crying. But I mean, uh, these are the games that really impact the season. You got to win the game that you should win. And this is the game we got to win. And hopefully we're going to come the way Pittsburgh came uh, on, on last night's game, the way the Giants came. And after getting your tail kicked, you're going to come out and want to prove that you're better than that, particularly on national television. So uh, looking forward to the game. And this is the one we got to win. And I think we will win. I think we will show up, but it will be close. It'll be like Denver. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be, you know, a, a five to seven point game. I think we're going to come out on top, and I think Jimmy G is going to find Turner a little bit more. He's going to find uh, a red pro a little bit more, spread the ball around, and I think we're going to be good. And I think last thing is I think where uh, uh, Jacoby Myers helps is he's a good from the slot, and that's mm-hmm. what we need. We need guys like like uh, Lincoln said. You're going to need a wide receiver in the slot. You're going to need a tight end in the block to get get JJ going, and, and that's what we got to do. But you can't. You got. You know. Uh, uh, we just got to look like we're not going to run the ball so we can run the ball. Appreciate it, man. 
Hey, Nash, great call, man. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, uh, good breakdown. Really good breakdown. I, I like that. That's a, that's a, a lot of good quality stuff. And, uh, you know, want to see how this team reacts. Like, I think that that's the biggest key, right? How does this team react to getting punched in the mouth? Lincoln said it best. That you don't know because you've never seen it this season. It's too early in the season to really know. They got, you know, just beat up, battered and bruised on Sunday. So how do they bounce back? How do they not stress the small stuff and sweat the small stuff and get back to finding ways to win games? Who steps up uh, outside of Max Crosby? Who steps up in the secondary? Who can make plays? Uh, what are you going to do offensively, as you mentioned, to get Josh Jacobs going? This offense is not built to be one-dimensional. It's just not. I don't care how many different ways I have to stress it. It's not built to be one-dimensional. So they've got to find a way to be able to get things going, get things cooking, and have some, uh, you know, some, some of the run game from Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. Uh, let's go to the text line real quick at uh, 707, or 707-702-9200. Uh, man, we got all kind of numbers that we're rolling around here at uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, this is from the 707. Q, there has to be no way that Van Roten gets to start this Sunday, and there's no reason not to give Zamir at least one-third of the carries. This team needs to pass to set up the run. If the coaching staff can't see the obvious, I'm not sure what else to say. That's from the 707, and I can't guarantee that there's no way on either one of those, right? I, I, I can't guarantee that. You know, maybe they look at the offensive line and say, hey, Van Roten's the best job, guy for the job right now. They're not going to go backwards. They're not going to say, well, this guy – we don't think he's the, the best guy for the job, but we're going to let him roll anyway, right? I mean, I just – it all depends on what they, they work on this week, what they see. Uh, they, they've got to get it done, though, because they, the offensive line, especially in the run blocking, was not very good on Sunday. And then as far as Zamir White getting the carries, you know, maybe they do sprinkle in a, a few more carries for Zamir. But the only way to get Josh going is to let Josh run. So that's kind of one of those damned if you do, down if you don't, right? So that's, that's, that's the problem is that it just – you want to get him going. You want to get him lathered up. But you also want to be able to be successful in the run game. So if it's not working, then you might have to go to Zamir and, uh, you know, and give him a little bit of love and see what he can do. I'll tell you what, the a couple carries he got, it was late in the game. He looked fast. He looked like he was firing out of a cannon, right? So that's, you know, there's something that you got you to gotta think about in that. This, again, like I mentioned many times, stressed many times, the offense has to be balanced in order for it to be successful. Let's get more, one more quick call in. Let's go out to Jersey and talk to our guy, Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Um, first, I'd like to comment on your question uh, that you asked, which yep. is um, what we need to get right for sure, the offensive line to block for Josh Jacobs, because like you said, you got to have balance on offense. So that's that's one of the big things. And uh, as far as I mean, I got to blame it on the coaching staff. I, okay. I, I just you know we bring in Josh McDaniels as an elite play caller, you know, and you know he's this is his second year now in the system, and you know we're we're just failing. It's we're not progressing. We want to see results. Um, you know what are we thirtieth, thirty second in the league right now in scoring points, twenty seven points in two games. Um, you know, it's just not acceptable. High school teams score more than that. <laughs> you know, and it's just we're just not like that one caller said, spreading spreading defenses out. We're keeping everything tight in the box, you know. We gotta move players around, whatever. Um and then the defense, you know, Patrick Graham. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of bringing him back bringing him back at all. I mean, last year he basically okay, what was the excuse? We didn't have the players. So this year we got some players and you know, what's happening now? 
we're still can't get turnovers. We're still bottom of the league. So, I mean, I got to put this on the coaches. I mean, coaches coach and players play. And it's ultimately the coaches' jobs to get these guys ready to play on Sunday. And what I'm seeing is that the coaching staff is failing us right now. And where's our draft picks? I mean, even going back to last year, how many of them are really playing and making an impact? Zero. And we're supposed to have one of the best um, GMs in the league. So I think they need to take a look at themselves, you know, because we keep hearing the same thing every week. Uh, we need to do this better. We need to do that better. This staff pretty much for the most part was retained. Okay. So they should be ahead of the curve, not behind it. And the defense should be ahead of the offense. It should always be that way coming into a season. Okay. And Patrick Graham last year, how many times, okay, did he have a good game? One or two, and then he'd have three bad ones. You know, I hate to call out coaches already and put them on the hot seat, but both him and Josh McDaniels needs to show me something. Prove me wrong. I want to be saying in week seven that these guys are, wow, they've, you know, turned this thing around and they're doing a better job and we're heading in the right direction. Because right now, we're not heading in the right direction. Okay, we ain't any better than we were last year. And, you know, I'm tired of watching it. I'll be honest with you. I want to see improvement, and and so does the Raider Nation wants to see improvement. We're not expecting to be Super Bowl bound this year, or you know we would like to see playoffs. Our offense is supposed to be better this year, and like I said, 27 points in two games. It's not acceptable enough for me. I want to see more. Thanks. All right, Mark. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. You said a lot there. And look, I'll say this again: it's two weeks into the season. Right, and you know, you're talking about the the team needs to be further ahead, and uh, you know, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe the defense should be ahead of the offense right now, but uh, clearly it's not. And I I didn't expect the defense to be ahead. I know a lot of teams coming into the season, two weeks into the season, the defense would be ahead, but that's also a defense that had basically returned all the same parts. There was a lot of new pieces that came into this Raiders defense, so maybe you know, maybe I'm wrong, and I, I'll, I'll take that L if I am. That's fine. But I think that the the defense was going to be something that was going to take a while to to catch up. The offense, I felt like, was going to be better because Jimmy knew the the offensive scheme. And Josh McDaniels and company brought in a lot of guys that fit with what they do and know what they want to do. So I expected, honestly, the opposite. I expected the offense to be better. Again, I'll take the L if I'm wrong on that. As far as Dave Ziegler goes, being one of the best GMs in the league, I actually saw someone tweet that the other day, too. I can't believe that the Raiders, uh, the roster looks like this when we've got one of the best GMs. And I was like, wait, hold on. Dave Ziegler is a first-time GM. He's never been a GM before. This is the first time he's been a GM. And as far as the players that were drafted last year, Dylan Parham is playing well. He's playing really well. Thayer Mufford has a nice role. He's playing well along that offensive line. Uh, now, you know, you got Tyree Wilson. He hasn't done anything yet this year. Uh, you knew that that was going to be a, a work in progress. Uh, Ja'Korian Bennett, also a rookie out there trying to thrive as a corner. He's going to be a work in progress. I mean, there's there's guys that are on the squad. You know, Trey Tucker, we saw a nice little end around from him. So you see the potential that he has, but it's only been two games. So I think that for the most part, some of these guys, now I'll say that there were some misses. Right, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr. Neil Farrell Jr. is in Kansas City with the Chiefs, so that was a clear miss. Matthew Butler, I mean, he's on the practice squad right now, so that you could probably chalk up to a miss. Britton Brown's on IR, so he's not uh, available. Zamir White didn't get any burn last year, and he's only got a couple carries so far this year, so I guess the jury's still out there. 
But besides that, then you have this year's draft class that you gotta you gotta think about. Uh, Mayer, I think that he could be a good player. Uh, he hasn't you know stepped up and done anything. Again, Tyree Wilson already touched about him. Uh, Byron Young, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, he's a starter, so that tells you that tells you what they think about him. Uh, Trey Tucker, he's got speed. I think he's gonna be, he was in, he was active for the first time this year. Again, two games only in, so there's that. Chris Smith, I think at some point is going to be a big-time player at the safety position, but he's a rookie, and they have their safeties right now. So, I mean, again, it's like you got to take it with a grain of salt at this point, at this stage of the game. It's, I think it's too early to say that these players aren't very good, but I understand the impatience of Raider Nation because, well, Raider Nation has been patient for a very long time. Hell, I know. I've been there right alongside of you. I've been patient for a very long time. I've been telling Lil Q, hey, man, stay patient. Don't worry. The Raiders are going to be good. And he's like, Dad, win. <laughs> Dad, win. Last time they were good, I think I was just being born. And now he's a junior in college. So I get it. Believe me, Mark, I'm, you're preaching to the choir. I've been there. My patients have been there right there with you. Hell, you know, when the wife met, met me, she wasn't a Raider fan. She was barely even a sports fan, if at all. So she's trusted that the Raiders are going to be good too. Well, we're damn near 11 years through this thing, and they haven't been good yet. So she's still waiting too. She's looking at me like, I'm waiting. So I get it. Believe me, patience. I understand completely where you're coming from. It's hard to say be patient to a, a passionate fan base that's been patient for a very, very long time. Not Dave Ziegler's fault, not Josh McDaniel's fault, but many different coaches, many different people that have come through the organization trying to get them back where they need to be, and they haven't got there yet. So believe me, I understand when people talk about preaching patience. It's hard to preach patience when you've been doing the same song and dance for 20-something years. Totally get it. Totally understand where you're coming from. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. How about I hook something up? How about I make the, the mood a little bit more cheery before we get Travis Foster, Shadow Ridge head football coach, on the show? How about we hook up a pair of tickets to all three days of Power Trip? I got two tickets all three days, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, Indio, California, at Empire Polo Club. It's home of Coachella. You're going to see Guns N' Roses on Friday, Iron Maiden on Friday, Saturday, ACDC and Judas Priest, Sunday, Metallica and Tool. Tickets are available right now at powertrip.live, but tickets are also available right now. Being called number nine, 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. You want to go to Power Trip, we got you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we're joined now by the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, and that's Coach Travis Carter from Shadow Ridge High School. And Coach, congratulations on winning the award, but even bigger, congratulations on your team having the big victory, 21-20 over Desert Pines. Uh, how big was that victory, especially to get it done defensively at the end there? Oh, it was a huge win for our kids. You know, be able to do it at home against the, the top three or four uh, opponent in, in in the state was a big deal for us. What does that mean for your program? I mean, you guys have been in some big time games, but as you mentioned, Desert Pines is you know one of the top three, four programs in the state. I mean, it's it's a stepping stone. I've been fortunate enough to be the coach here at Chatteridge, going on nine years. 
uh, you know, every year when you're building a program, you kind of look at it like a ladder, you know, taking taking one step at a time. And that was a big rung for us to, to be able to compete and, and beat a team like these guys. Your team got out to a really quick start, went up 14 nothing before Desert Pines even touched the ball. Uh, how much was it like important to kind of keep the guys engaged and locked in, knowing that, hey, there's going to be a storm on the way? Well, I mean, they, they've got three or four dudes that are, are legit athletes, and we just felt, given our offense, it was – uh, advantageous for us to be able to chew the clock, limit their uh, their possessions, and, and just keep grinding the ball away. Yeah, and you did, and you did, and then again, as I mentioned, man, finished it off uh, with a defensive play at the end. Uh, how, how much does that carry over? Can that carry over as far as kind of momentum throughout the course of this season, knowing you got that win and you sealed it off defensively? Well, I mean, defensively, these kids have played really, really well all year. Um, you know, they had a really good half against Arbor. We didn't, didn't play particularly that great in the second half. Um, but to be able to come out as a team and play, play complimentary football for really probably the first time all season was really, was really beneficial. Hopefully we can ride that in the next couple of weeks. Okay, we're talking with Coach Travis Carter from Shadow Ridge High School, the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So on the field, you know, again, Shadow Ridge has been uh, involved in some very big games, and, and of course you've won a lot of games. X's and O's are fantastic, but that's not the only responsibility of a high school football coach. How much of the mentoring, the friend, the father figures at time, how much do you embrace that role as well? It's It's – it's really kind of why you do the job. I mean, honestly, I wanted to be a football coach because of the Friday nights, but it's the relationship with the kids. It's the the community involvement that, that keeps me coming back year after year. Uh, the opportunity to mentor these kids, uh, step in as that father figure that maybe some of them don't have. And you don't really ever know that until the kid might be a year or two removed from high school and, and it comes, tells you, hey, you know, this is this really meant a lot to me. So that's that's been the role. How big is that when, when kids come back and say, hey, coach, thanks, right? Just what you were able to do for me and having me in your program really helped. Oh, it, means, it means the world to us. It, it's, it's, like I said earlier, it's why you do it. It's, you know, it, it's that opportunity to, to have that role in, in, in a kid's life and, and hopefully get them to mature a little bit. And, and when they look back and say, you know what, that was a big moment for me. Uh, to be a part of that is, is huge. You know, I always feel like, you know, adversity comes in, in football, obviously. But high school football, there's always a lot of adversity. But I feel like helping these young kids get through the adversity on the field also helps them with adversity off the field as they start to grow up and become young men in the community. How, how much do you see that and have been involved in that as well? Without question. I mean, that's the more as a coach you can put kids in adverse situations and have them feel adversity, that, that's really – a big part of what we do, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can't be on a high school football team and not face adversity. And, and the more often you face adversity, the easier those situations become as you move on later in life. We, we constantly are reminding kids, you know, you think this is hard. Wait till your husband, wait till your <laughs> father, wait till you have real struggles, wait till you're trying to pay rent and, and, and balance, you know, work and life. And, and, those, those, that's the challenge. These kids have it easy right now. They just don't realize that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Friday nights is great, right? <laughs> that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rest of responsibilities in life that's it's, never right. yeah. <laughs> that easy. Coach Travis Carter, Shadow Ridge High School, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So you're the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Of course, I know it goes to the team. It goes to the rest of the coaching staff. But how important is it for you and how big was it for you to be uh, named that, that, uh, that award recipient? Well, it's, it's, it's an awesome honor. You know, it's, it's certainly something that I'm going to share with my coaching staff, with our kids, 
um, you know, there's, there's only so many high schools in town uh, and across the state. So to be selected as, as the Raider uh, coach of the week, it's, it's a big deal. How big is it to have the Raiders in the community, right? And being involved also in high school athletics. Oh, we're, we're, we're one of 32 cities that has this opportunity and the Raiders have been more than accommodating over the last handful of years when they've come out. Uh, they've, they've been generous enough with their time. They've put on clinics for coaches locally. They've, they've done everything, you know, how they've in, 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 or endeared themselves to the community has been awesome for us. What does that mean to your, your team when they're able to see these players, they're able to be at the facility, know that Allegiant stadium is right around the corner in their backyard. What does that do for them? Just kind of keeping their eyes on the prize and knowing that they, they, there is a way if they want, if they work hard. Well, it's, it's, it's great because they they see it. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Iowa where we were stuck between the bears and the Packers and the chiefs. And it was a mythical place, you know, three, three and a half hours down the road, they play NFL football. Well here it's 15 minutes right. and you can go to, you can go to the Raiders facility. You can go to their, their, their uh, OTAs and stuff like that and actually see these guys. So it's, it's surreal. Yeah, no, it really is. It's awesome. And of course, you know, Las Vegas has not been a professional uh, market for a very long time, but now to have all these different professional programs uh, here and, and having the Raiders so involved with high school football is really cool. So coach, getting back to your team and how you got that victory over uh, desert pines, how much can you build off of them coming up this week that win? And then also making sure your team doesn't have a letdown, like getting too high on that win as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's always the fear, you know, he's a head football coach. You never, you never satisfied, never, uh, you know, trying to never be complacent. And, you know, we have an opportunity to stack a couple wins together and we're playing in that five, a one now. So mm-hmm. any win we get is, 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 is beneficial, helps us for playoff seating. So we've got an opportunity to play a tough Coronado team. Um, and we just got to give our best shot. Yeah, and that's coming up, the, as you mentioned, this week, Coronado. They're trying to get the program back where they need to be. They have a new head coach. What are you seeing from the Cougars that are going to present some challenges for your team this week? Well, I mean, they do a really good job getting the ball out on tempo. Um, you know, I think that that's going to be a challenge for our pass rush. You know, our defensive line is is very experienced. They, they've played a lot of games together. Um, so it's going to put a lot of stress on our back half and, and hopefully our kids rise to the occasion. Well, start, it's starting to feel like football weather outside, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Makes Friday nights that much better when, when it actually exactly. feels like football weather. Yeah. Well, well, Coach, congratulations again. Congratulations on the big win. I know that was a big deal for the for the program. And, of course, you guys have been winning a lot of games and been in some big-time games anyway and championship games. So congratulations on all the success and uh, good luck this week. And you know we'll be paying attention. Uh, thank you, Q. I appreciate you. No doubt. No doubt. Travis Foster right there, Shadow Ridge head football coach. Uh, Big-time win over Desert Pines, 21-20, fourth win of the season. And, again, just getting that victory over Desert Pines, which is one of the premier programs here in the Las Vegas community, is a big deal. And upcoming on this Friday, uh, Shadow Ridge has Coronado, who's really trying to bounce back. At one point, they were a really good program, and uh, they've kind kind of fallen on some hard times, got a new coach in house now, so they're trying to get back where they need to be as well. But you never know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen on Friday night. So many thanks to Coach for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Want to shout out to my man Carlos. He was the winner of the uh, Power Trip ticket, so he's going to go October 6th, 7th, and 8th. He's going to go out to Cali, uh, Indio, California at Empire Polo Club. He's going to see Guns and Riot Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest, Metallica, and Tool. So shout out to him, and please believe we have more winning 
on the way throughout the course of the week. So uh, many thanks there uh, as well. Want to get a couple texts in, then we'll take a break uh, and come back and close out the show. How about Robin Oakland talking about the focus of the week? I think the focus has to be on each individual player and coach's competitive spirit, whether it's film study, practice, weightlifting, sleep, or creativity and scheme and play calling. They have to do it better in the name of winning. My Raider fan friend in the 559, and I've been having a cordial debate about the state of the Raiders since the Buffalo game. I'm preaching patience, and he has had bad nicknames for Coach McDaniels. All of us are tired of being on the bad end of a 38-10. But in my opinion, it takes time to build something for sustained success. Stacking a few wins would be great for morale. As Rob in Oakland, it's always great to hear from you, Rob. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's always hard. Again, like I mentioned, it's hard to, to practice patience and understand that what they're trying to build and what they're trying to do. And I've said it many times to anyone who will listen that Coach McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they're not on any kind of hot seats unless this team just were to take some massive step backwards. If they were to regress in a major way, then I could see them being on some hot seat, but I just don't see it, even though I know a lot of fans are going to overreact and call for it right now because that's exactly what they're trying to do, what Rob just said. They're trying to build something where they can sustain the success, not have a one year on and then four years off, but – sustained success where they're hot and they're good every single year. They've built this thing up so they're successful each and every year. You don't get that by hiring a coach, firing a coach, hiring a GM, firing a GM, hiring another coach, firing another. You just you just don't get it because you hit the reset button every single time. And we've seen way too many resets. Right, Raider Nation? I mean, just as fans, we've seen way too many times that you're playing Madden, you're winning, you're about to go 21 nothing, about to blow out whoever you're playing, and all of a sudden they jump and hit the, the reset button real quick. Right? That's what, that's, what, that's what keeps happening, and you can't have that continue to happen, man. You've got you've to gotta just allow them to build this thing up the way that they are. Uh, of course, you don't want to take L's like they took on Sunday against Buffalo. That's, you know, I don't care what you're trying to build that you shouldn't get beat and blown out that way, at least not in my opinion. Again, it was a snowball effect, and it was not a good snowball effect at all. Uh, Vegas Pete said some callers are saying it's the coach's fault. Should coaches have to motivate a professional? They're not kids anymore. That's from Vegas Pete. And, look, that's something that Lincoln says, like, coaches coach, players play, right? We heard, uh, we heard Raider X call and say the same thing, right? Nash from Houston, same thing, right? Players play, coaches coach. You can only do so much, right? I mean, you could tell – you could tell a player the the way to success. You could you can set them up and tell them to to do what you know this do it this way and it'll work. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's up to them to succeed and up to them to execute that way. So it's a give and take. It, it goes both ways. I do do think that the coaches have a a big responsibility to at least set the players up for success. But sometimes your players just don't go out there and operate. And if they don't, then you got to find someone else that does. Right? I mean, and and, and that's just the bottom line of it. Uh, you know, the problem is in professional sports, it's not like being a college athlete where if, if you're a quarterback, like Alabama, for example, your quarterback ain't getting it done. That's all right. Sit him down. We'll get another quarterback in there. Oh, he's not getting it? All right, we'll get a third quarterback in here. Oh, no worries. We'll go back to the first string, right? When you're a professional and money counts and money means something, that, that, that plays a, a factor in it as well. So you can't always just kind of say, well, hey, you're going to sit down because you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's in real life, Right. I mean, there's, there's people in, in our real lives that we have every day that work at, you know, our jobs that we work at. And some people just don't know how to do things correctly. And if they don't, you know, you want to sit everybody down, but then you don't, have, you don't have enough employees to go and do what they do, right? You just don't. So sometimes it's like it sucks. You want, you want to replace everybody, but you can't do it. You can't make wholesale changes at one time. You try sometimes, but you can't. 
It's reality, man. Again, I like to bring things to reality so we understand in our everyday walk of life what they're doing, but they're doing it on a million-dollar level where opposed to what we're doing, just, you know, average, average day uh, blue-collar cats. 4.43 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Good to be back. On reason <laughs> or excuse. Ain't heard that in a minute, huh? You know, yeah. No, we've. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, so it's all good. Let's so I'm going right to it. According to Forbes, it would cost the NFL $12 million to switch all turfs to natural grass. I'm just going to throw this in. I believe in Forbes. I'm not 100% sure how accurate that is, so let's add another zero and call it $120 million, just to be on the safe side. $120 million to fix it all. The NFL as an organization is currently worth $142.87 billion, with a B. So before you answer this, I did a little of this Josh Dubow-style math. That number, $12 million, or $120 in this case, $120 million is exactly .00084 of a percent of the NFL's total income. Now, really? changing it, yes, of the, of the $142.87 billion, with a B, net worth. Okay. That is all that is. It's And it's basically, even more math, that means if I have $1,000 to my name, that's like me giving you 84 cents. Now, changing every stadium to natural grass is just not financially viable. Reason or excuse? Um, Even though you make a good argument, <laughs> I do think it's the reason of the NFL. I do think it's the reason of the, the owners. And I'll say this, and this is why. It's not necessarily the money that it's going to cost to change it all out. And I think that'd be great. And the way you broke it down, that seems like nothing. So it makes all the sense in the world for them to just go ahead and change it out if that's all it's going to cost them. But you also have maintenance. You also have upkeep. You also have to worry about when there's concerts at these events, right? I mean, look, the Raiders do a really good job. They have the tray. And maybe if everybody has a tray and they can slide it out, but then everyone doesn't – every stadium's not in a climate where they can have their grass outside like the Raiders do and can survive. I mean, again – all the money that they bring in, they could do it if they technically wanted to, but they don't want to, and they're going to lean on the money and the upkeep and everything else. But, I mean, technically, again, the way you broke it down, yeah, sure, it could be it could be done, but they'll say that it's not practical. I mean, they'll, they'll come up with a bunch of different reasons not to do it, uh, and honestly, I guess the numbers, the way that you look at it, it's it doesn't really, it's not an over, like, overwhelming amount of, hey, these injuries came from the turf as opposed to grass. I mean, look, high schoolers across America playing it, college uh, players playing it. Look, hell, UNLV plays it in Allegiant Stadium. They play on turf, right? So I think it's here to stay, but I like the way that you broke that down and you make a good argument. So if the NFL Players Association wants to do that, they need to see Ari break down <laughs> that math and Don't present that. Me. Yeah, exactly. Present that to the league. Uh, I like your your reasoning. It it's actually sounds very like executive owner like of you. So, you, you, and you're right. You put yourself in. The I just got myself into my Jerry Jones bag. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, Ari. Now that all sounds good, but the reality is, we have a lot of high school. We have a lot of collegiates. We have a lot of events that happen here at AT and T Stadium. It just wouldn't make financial wherewithal sense. Whatever, whatever, Jerry. Whatever. It always hurts my throat when I try to do this, so I got to yeah, stop. Well, 
It's, it's not easy being Jerry. It's it's a real tough life. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of money, and uh, and I'm gonna keep beating this drum because we're only in week two, so I got just like unlimited amounts of tweets to, to refer to on this okay, stuff. Okay, I like so it. So we'll start with, and it's Raiders related, of course. So we'll start with at Megan AVC underscore. She tweeted, "This is why you don't make some big signings in free agency." And she said, "Quote: Raiders being smart with cap space." Is looking real cheap right now. Could have used a real defensive tackle and linebacker, speaking of the loss just now. So Raiders were frugal, quote, in spending during the offseason. That's why they're one and one. And, quote, the season is over. Reason or excuse? First of all, who's who, who tweeted that? It's just some, I don't want to say random person, but it's just a tweet. I oh, saw. okay. So it's, I get okay. overloaded with ever since no, I took on the show. No. Thanks, Elon. Okay. No, million it's, Raiders tweets. It's, uh, no, that's, that's definitely an excuse. Look, you don't have to go and break the bank on big-time names. Matter of fact, more times than not, you break the bank on big-time names, they don't pan off. <clears throat> Chandler Jones, not mentioning any names, that didn't pan out. They spent big money on him. The Raiders have spent a lot of money on players in the past, and it's never worked out. So, yeah, they didn't spend big money. They didn't go in and, and sign any big-time names. They went and they got guys that they thought fit with what they do. And, by the way, Megan Spillane has been fine. He was a free agent that they brought in as a linebacker, Right. I mean, they, look, they need a they need a defensive tackle. Who are you going to go get? Hargrave from the the Eagles. Do you see all the money that the that the Niners spent to get him? Are they one Javon Hargrave away from winning a championship? I don't think so. So I don't think it would make too much sense. So yeah, I get it, and I understand the instant reaction in this microwave world that we live in. You've got to have it all right now. But the Raiders are banking on, and this is what good teams do. They don't build their team through free agency. They fill holes in free agency. The team is ideally built through the draft. And if you hit on the guys that you're supposed to hit on, you don't have to go spend plenty of money on top of plenty of money on top of plenty of money to build a team up. You just don't have to. Teams like the Jaguars, they had to overspend for guys like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and others to try to fill out a roster worth quality talent because they didn't have anybody worth the salt. So, yeah, the Raiders are trying to make sure that they build it up the right way. Look at the 49ers. How many guys did they bring in as free agents? Free agents. Christian McCaffrey was a trade. He wasn't a free agent. Hargrave was a big-time free agent. But for the most part, their, their team is built with a lot of guys that they drafted, signed, and developed, right? Not not guys that they spent the, broke the bank for. So, no, that's not a, that's not a, uh, that's a terrible excuse on why the Raiders are 1-1. One one. They're 1-1 one one because they got their ass kicked on Sunday. There you go. I mean, there let's, you just, go. let's just call it what it is, no, right? right? They yeah. won against Denver, and they got their ass kicked on Sunday. That's why they're 1-1. One one. It's two games into the season. So, Megan, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. It's going to be okay. I will uh, – I'll, I'll save this one. There's there's more uh, – you know, all right, super quick. Uh, I've got Fargo, and he says, can't replace a mediocre QB with less than mediocre QB and expect fast improvement. Sorry you hated the guy. The, this guy also sucks. He's referring to Jimmy G. So, Raiders' new QB, Jimmy G., is even more, quote, mediocre than Carr. That's why they're one and one. And, quote, again, the season is over. These are my quotes. Well, yeah, the season's not over. But, I mean, look, I mean, there's certain things that Jimmy does really well and there's certain things he doesn't do really well. And so, I mean, you knew when the Raiders signed him that there was a certain plan on how this offense was going to operate. It's going to be a lot of short, intermediate stuff. It's not going to be a lot of stretch of the field. And they've got to be able to stay on, 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 on task. And they've got to have – you know, stay ahead of the sticks, and, you know, they got to have a balanced attack. And they don't have a balanced attack, and that's part of the reason why they got beat down the way they did on Sunday. All so, right. there you go. So there you go. And What's the national day of the day? Is it anything <laughs> worth the salt? Shots fired from yours truly. It is National IT Professionals Day, which is the third Thursday of the, in September. It's so ridiculous. Today's Tuesday. 
Or I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Third Tuesday, yes. I'm about to say, how there you gonna you go. tell me something about Thursday and it's only Tuesday? The Man. unsung hero of the modern business. If you if you listen to this show, I don't know how you feel. Shout about out that. to Kevin, shout out to Jamie. We man. love y'all. Thank Engineers you. Engineers and IT guys, and shout out to Jared, he does Tonight. a fine job as well. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Have a great night. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.